2: And welcome. This is Dr. Arthur Perry. This is What's Your Wrinkle? Sounds like a game show, but no, this is a show about you, a show about what you look like. So uh, as you're driving through the Holland Tunnel, as you're driving across the George Washington Bridge uh, and looking left down onto the, don't look too hard, but as you're looking ahead of you, hopefully, you're thinking about uh, maybe those wrinkles that you're beginning to get, and uh, maybe it's a... as uh, Donald Trump was uh, teasing Marco Rubio's ears. You know, I could fix those ears in just about 45 minutes, but we won't get into politics on this show. No, this is a show about you and about what you look like when you look in the mirror. This is What's Your Wrinkle? right here on WABC. The phone number here is 800-848-9222. It's a free call all across the continental United States, and I probably... Imagine you can sneak it in in Canada, but I'm not sure about that. 800-848-9222. Give me a call. Tonight we are giving away bottles of Daytime. Daytime. And why Daytime? All right. It's February 27th. Now you can tell this is a live show and not a tape show. It's February 27th. It was in the 40s today in New York. The sun was out. And if, if you were standing in Central Park you notice that the sun was actually getting warm on your skin. Isn't this a great time of year? And then you look down and you saw the crocuses starting to come out. Oh, my goodness. You know, the winter wasn't so bad this year, but uh, the older I get, the more I don't like winter. So I'm glad we had a mild winter, and I'm thrilled to see the crocuses coming up. And also to feel the sun on my face. And as you feel it on your face, you have to realize something's happening to your skin. Your skin's waking up after the long winter. And now you go through the changes, the seasonal changes that occur every spring. And now it's time to get out the daytime. Daytime is an SPF 20 sunscreen. Yes, it's time to get it out. You know, you might have used it during the winter and you should have because I don't advertise it as a sunscreen. It's really a skin protector. It's got all the things in it to help your skin stay healthy during the winter and year-round. So daytime has niacin, vitamin B3. That's a, a very important substance. It improves the barrier function of your skin. That's a nebulous concept, isn't it? Your eyes glaze over when you hear about barrier function, and I know all your eyes do. But basically what barrier function is, it's something with the skin that keeps the good things in and the bad things out. That's all you really have to know, and it gets damaged by soap. It gets damaged by all sorts of chemicals out there. So by by using daytime, which has vitamin B3, you maintain the integrity of your barrier function, and you also have an FP, SPF 20 sunscreen. So give me a call, and the phone number is 800-848-9222, 800-848-9222. It's got to be a real call. You know, it can't be, I want the daytime. <laughs> You've got to have a question for me. We've got a busy show tonight, so call early. Tonight, we're going to be talking about fat grafting, but not just fat grafting the way we've been doing it for the last 30 years, and it really has been 30 years. Everybody thinks it's so new. It's not so new. I did it in my residency in the 80s at the University of Chicago, but now people are grafting fat into the breasts. It sounds great, doesn't it? it really does, and you know, take fat from where you don't want it, your thighs, your buttocks, your belly, and put it into your breasts. Well... I'm not so sure this is good, and I'm going to tell you why in just a few minutes. During tonight's show, we're also going to talk a lot about breasts tonight. This is Breast Night here in uh, in the studio at WABC. We're going to talk about breast lifts, breast augmentations, and breast reductions. When is one appropriate and when is the other? You know, of course, it's obvious if you want to be bigger, that's one thing. If you want to be smaller, that's one thing. But a lot of people don't understand whether they need an augmentation or a lift. So we'll talk about that during the show. And we're going to talk about the the obsession. It really is an obsession in this country with facial aging. We'll talk all about what you can do starting from those of you who are 20 years old. Are you 20? Do we have 20-year-olds listening to this show? 20-year-olds don't even listen to the radio anymore. They're glued to their headphones. Listening to I don't even know what, but hopefully we've got some 20-year-olds out there because now's the time to start thinking about what you're going to look like because in two blinks, you'll be 60. And you all know that if you're 60. We're going to talk, yes, a lot about breasts tonight and about how the menstrual cycle affects when you should have your surgery. Isn't that interesting? It does make a difference. So give us a call and become part of this show, 800 848 9222 All right, so let's start with fat grafting. Now, fat grafting is a very simple concept. We take fat from one part of the body, and we put it in another part of the body. You the very first graft, and what is a graft? A graft means we take your own tissue. It's not a transplant from another person, and it's not a flap, which is tissue that stays attached to your body at one time uh, at all times a graft means at one point that tissue has been separated from your body it was 1867 in france that the very first skin graft was performed skin was taken from one part of the body and put on a damaged part of the body and that's when it was realized that grafting could be done Fat grafting actually uh, was first done in the early part of the 20th century. Again, it's not new. My chief uh, at the University of Chicago always used to tell me, he says, if you think you've invented something new, it just means you don't know how to speak German. (laughs) Because so many of the things that we do now were done a long time ago and abandoned for one reason or another. There might not have been the technical advances that were necessary. But certainly in the 1980s, fat grafting was popular. And we used fat from one part of the body. We took it from the buttocks or the thighs or the abdomen. And we put it into, let's say, a depression. If you had a depressed scar, for instance, on your thigh or some really deep cellulite, we could take fat and move it into those areas. Or we could fill your nasolabial folds. Remember, those are the folds between your nose and the corner of your mouth. So we could take fat and actually we process it in a very careful way. We don't want to destroy the fat. Processing means we just take it out, we remove the blood around the fat, oh, there's a little bit of blood, and we remove the lidocaine uh, that we use to numb up the area. And then we concentrate the fat, and we kind of make it so that we can put it through a very small syringe, so we smush it up a bit. You like these technical terms? I, I think Mike really does like these. So, so we take the, uh, the fat, and then we put it in a smaller syringe, and we inject it into the nasolabial folds, for instance, or into the lips. And I've done quite a bit of fat grafting over the years, but I'll be honest with you, over the last decade or so, what's replaced the fat grafting has been the uh, the development of these really nice fillers that we have, things like hyaluronic acid, uh, which is Restylane and Juvederm and Bellotera are the most common ones. So those have replaced it, uh, although not in all practices. Uh, But think about this. What would you rather do? Have a surgical procedure where we have to numb up your belly, make an incision, uh, suction out some fat, put a stitch in, put a Band-Aid on there, then do the same thing on your face, go up to your nasolabial fold and, uh, and rough up the tissue a bit and inject the fat or inject it elsewhere. Would you rather have that or would you rather go to the shelf and take a syringe of Restylane, for instance, and numb up your cheeks and inject that in a half an hour. Uh, If it were me, I would want the stuff that comes off the shelf. The appeal of fat is that it can be permanent. And I had a patient about six months ago who came in. I injected fat into her nasolabial folds 18 years ago, and it was all still there. And that's really nice because the filler, Restylane, Juvederm, Bellotera, those fillers are gone in about a year. So there is a great appeal for fat. But on the other hand, it is a surgical procedure. So we have these discussions with my patients before we uh, inject these materials, and we make a decision, what are we gonna do? Are we going to do uh, fat grafting? Are we gonna do filler? And the majority of people these days choose to have fat, Uh, rather choose to have filler, not fat, I'm sorry. So uh, that's the state of fat grafting into the face. It's not controversial at all, it works. Whether or not you have it is your decision. Now, a few years ago, people started injecting it into the breasts. In fact, about 20 years ago, that started. It was immediately declared as malpractice. That's right, malpractice by the American Society of Plastic Surgeons. They issued an advisory to their members not to do it for a bunch of different reasons. When fat is injected into the breasts afterwards, it can calcify. So there's scarring around the fat. And when calcifications occur in the breasts, it might be mistaken for breast cancer. I'm not saying that it causes breast cancer, but it might look like that on a mammogram. And so uh, most people would rather have that biopsied and removed as opposed to waiting six or 12 months to see if it has changed. So the American Society of Plastic Surgeons decided a long time ago that it wasn't a good thing to do. And that's, that's how it's been for a couple decades. However, about two, three years ago, people revisited this issue, and a lot of very vocal plastic surgeons decided uh, it was probably time to start injecting fat into the breast because everybody's got a lot of fat, and people who have small breasts, it's just a win-win. You do some liposuction and inject into the breasts and make your breasts larger, and it sounds so good, doesn't it? Well, we can't get away from the mammogram issue, but the skilled radiologists tell us that you can distinguish between those calcifications that are caused by injecting fat and the calcifications that are caused by bad things like breast cancers. So whether or not that's true or not, I'm not sure it's entirely answered, but we'll give them that point. But I always worried, and I talk to oncologists about this, that the substances in the fat might maybe stimulate breast cancers. And boy, that that is actually very scary. Well, lo and behold, in this month's Aesthetic Surgery Journal, they studied that very, very same issue. And the conclusion was that the environment surrounding breast cancer cells can be stimulated. It can be stimulated, and breast cancer can progress faster if fat is injected near the breast cancer. Now the question is, Of course, you wouldn't do it knowingly if you have a breast cancer, but some breast cancers, I mean all breast cancers, start as very, very small cancers. So they can't be seen on a mammogram. You do a mammogram, and lo and behold, it looks normal, inject fat in there. And what they're saying in this particular paper is that the fat that's injected can actually stimulate the formation uh, or the progression of these breast cancers. Now, they always hedge a bit when a scientific paper That is as controversial as this is published. But the conclusion was that it needs more study. So I'm here to tell you that I'm advising my patients and all of my radio listening audience to not have fat injected into their breasts. I'm sorry. A lot of plastic surgeons aren't going to like me for saying this. But I read the literature, and when I see a paper like this, that's a huge red flag. I would never have fat injected into my breast if I were a woman. And that's it, until there are a lot of good studies that show it's safe, and right now they're not there. So that's the answer as far as I'm concerned. And this is Dr. Arthur Perry. I'm a board-certified plastic surgeon and the host of this show, What's Your Wrinkle? We're going to take a very short break while I get hate mail from, uh, from some of my colleagues. We'll be back after these words, 800-848-9222. Take a look in the mirror. Do you recognize that wrinkled face with rough, splotchy skin? I can help you turn back the clock. I'm plastic surgeon, Dr. Arthur Perry, and my solution doesn't involve a knife or a needle. It's a skincare program that really works. My nighttime serum makes your skin smoother, brighter, thicker, and less wrinkled. It's packed with vitamin C and A, fruit acids, antioxidants, and skin brighteners. My daytime cream protects your skin with niacin and invisible zinc oxide sunscreen. And once you use my clean time, you'll be addicted to the best soap on earth. Now, everyone can have beautiful skin without breaking the budget. This month, my basic skincare regimen is just $99. Call 855 940 1200. That's 855 940 1200. On the web, it's drperrys.com. That's drperrys.com. Use the WABC code when you order or call 855 940 1200. This is plastic surgeon Dr. Arthur Perry. Ladies, have you had an aging spurt? You know what that is. All of a sudden you see wrinkles and sagging eyelids and those dreaded jowls. Almost overnight you look older. I tackle aging spurts with eyelid and facelifts and office procedures like Botox, peels and Ulthera. And I creatively use wrinkle filler to help bring back your natural beauty. Let's sit down and spend an hour together. I'll design a program that can help restore your appearance and one that's within your budget. My offices are on 57th Street just off of 5th Avenue and in New Jersey. Schedule a consultation by calling 212-753-1820. That's 212-753-1820. And check me out on the web at PerryPlasticSurgery.com. That's PerryPlasticSurgery.com. And don't forget to listen to me every Saturday evening at 6 p.m., Dr. Arthur Perry right here on WABC.
3: You're listening to What's Your Wrinkle with Dr. Arthur Perry. What's What's your wrinkle?
2: And we're back. This is Dr. Arthur Perry. This is What's Your Wrinkle right here on WABC, the powerhouse radio station reaching all the way from Maine to Florida. And I know because someone in North Carolina just emailed me and they said, What's wrong with Marco Rubio's ears? You caught that, huh? You caught that. Well, there's nothing wrong with his ears, but uh, I'm looking at a picture of him right now, and Marco Rubio has uh, looks like he's got um, just a minor, a very minor deformity. Looks like it's uh, something called a Darwin's tubercle, a Darwinian tubercle, going back to Charles Darwin and it's just a little out uh, pouching of the uh, of the cartilage very easy to fix if you have this uh, Marco if you're listening and you want to look just a little better for the next debate i can help you we make a, an incision under local anesthesia on the uh, rim of the ear and just sculpt that cartilage and get rid of that. many of you have that it's uh, It's present in about one in uh, something like one in two hundred to one in a hundred people, and uh, sometimes it's on one side, sometimes it's on both sides. Uh, minor ear deformities are actually the most common birth defects. if you want to call them that uh, very common to have an unfolded ear, and what that means is that they protrude they stick out. Uh, and marco 's got a little bit of that also uh, that by the way is so nicely fixed right now with uh, something called earwell so if you 've got a little baby that has uh, his or her ears that protrude, we put this uh, this mechanical device it 's a a, a silicon a plastic um, device that goes behind and in front of the ear, and it molds the ears it 's such an interesting story. Because the guy who invented this was a plastic surgeon. He got the idea from German shepherds. Any of you have a German shepherd? If you have floppy-eared German shepherds, you don't want that German shepherd to be embarrassed when you walk him around Central Park. So you tape the ears, and you tape the ears for about six weeks or so, and uh, sometimes less depending on how young the dog is. Uh, If the dog is an older dog, it takes longer. And the same exact thing happens with humans. We can actually reshape the ears. You know, I wonder if we can do that with noses. Uh, maybe uh, someone, some enterprising plastic surgeon, will figure out a mold for a non invasive rhinoplasty. Sounds good to me. All right. Now, we were talking about breasts earlier. And, uh, oh. <laughs> all right. Mike's got the Baywatch theme up here. There you, there you go. Because, uh, isn't that what that show is all about? What, uh, we were talking about some serious issues. That that's good. You can fade it out now, Mike. It's okay. <laughs> All right. So so serious issues with grafting the breasts with fat. You know, why would people want to even graft the breast with fat to avoid a breast implant? That's why. So, you know, why would we want to avoid a breast implant? Well, it's a mechanical object, yes. It interferes with mammograms, yes. But honestly, there's about a fifty year, fifty-five year history now of breast implants, and most of that history is actually good. And the implants now, despite what Connie Chung said uh, 15 years ago, most of that history is good, that the, the implants are safe and are good, and the ones we use now are much better than the ones we used to use. So way back in 1962, the first implants came out. They were bags of silicone gel. And, you know, they were they were revolutionary. They were, they were great because back in the 50s, people used to inject Free silicone, that means liquid silicone, from a syringe into the breast. My goodness, this was terrible. People got infections. They got nodules. They required mastectomies. It was a disaster. So what they did was they contained the silicone in this bag, in a silicone bag. Uh, So it's like a plastic silicone material, and it's considered inert. And that word means the body does not react to it. It reacts in, in a way like it reacts to a piece of glass under the skin or, or a splinter or something like that, and it reacts by, by making scar around the implant, but it doesn't take the material and do anything chemically with it. So it just kind of walls it off. So that's, uh, that's uh, what started in 1962. It became very, very popular. And perennially, since 1962, uh, breast augmentations, breast implants, have been the most common procedure that plastic surgeons do, uh, with some years accepted by uh, um, liposuction beat it out, uh, you know that's poor English, I suppose, but uh, you know one year it would be breast augmentations and one year it might be liposuction and but most years and certainly over the last fifty, the most common plastic surgical plastic surgical procedure has been the breast augmentation. Somewhere around the 1980s we started making the implants a little bit differently the walls were a little thicker because we began to see the ruptures of the implants that did occur in uh, in the 1960 in the implants that were placed in the 60s we didn't see those until the 70s so they made the walls thicker and then there was a whole controversy with uh uh Connie Chung show some of you remember that the breast implants were taken off the market in the 1990s, uh, and they were gone for about, I guess, about 16 years. The only implants we could use were called saline implants. And saline implants are not they are not made of saline. They're made of silicone rubber on the outside and filled like a water balloon with salt water. That's what saline is. And those implants were around until the FDA put the, uh, the silicone gel implants back on the market a few years ago. And then the gummy bear implants, which are much better, by the way, much better than the uh, the old implants. The gummy bear implants were put on the market. So what I use now, some people still want want the saline implants, and that's just fine. Uh, but most of my patients want and uh, and use the gummy bear implants. What's nice about those, they have a lower complication rate. They feel very natural. But the breakthrough thing about these implants is that they can actually change the shape of your breasts as opposed to the old implants, which take the shape of your breasts. So it's an important concept. So if your breasts are not a wonderful shape, if you have the old implants, they were just magnified. If you wanted to have the shape of your breasts changed, we had to make more incisions on the breasts. So we had to do things like a breast lift that we're gonna talk about in a few minutes. But these new implants, these gummy bear implants, actually can change the shape of the breasts without having to make other incisions, and they are quite revolutionary. I have been absolutely thrilled with these implants since I started using them. I guess it's about three years now. Patty, what can I do for you? What's your wrinkle?
3: Hi, Dr. Perry. I have a quick question. Hi, Patty. Hi. I just have a quick question about the fat grafting in the nasal labial fold, and I'm wondering Mm -hmm. if that's possible to have if I've
2: already had filler injected. Uh, Yes, if you had the filler like the hyaluronic acids, which are those things I talked about a few minutes ago, uh, Restylane, Juvederm, Bellotero. No, by the way, no, if you have had silicone injected, not a good thing, by the way, free silicone, which some people are still doing, technically illegal in the United States, but some people are still doing it. Or the other one that I mentioned a few weeks ago, uh, which is called... Um it's the um, PMMA material. It's a polymethyl methacrylate material, and it used to be called Artifil, named after me. Not really. Uh, now it's called <laughs> Uh That's a material that's a plastic, and I don't recommend that either. I don't make too many friends when I do this uh, on the show, by the way. I'm sure the companies love it when I talk about the products, but, you know, I'm entitled to my opinion, just like every plastic surgeon is, and I read the literature, and I'm not wild about permanent materials placed Uh, under the skin in the nasolabial fold so if you haven't had anything permanent then absolutely patty you could have fat grafting uh you know the only question you know you you know that i'm honest with my patients and while the individual uh filler is less expensive individual session of filler is less expensive than fat grafting uh, it has to be repeated so that's one of the downsides but on the other hand there's there's no downtime when we inject fat into the nasolabial fold. It is a surgical procedure, and there, with any surgical procedure, there are risks of infection. Um, and by the way, I mentioned a few minutes ago that yes, I, I've seen patients as long as 18 years later that have had the fat retained. I've also seen patients six months later that you could not even see that I injected the fat. Now, I always say that if all my patients were rats. You know, and I put them in a cage after surgery, and they all did exactly the right thing after surgery, I'd have a 100% success rate with doing fat grafting. But my patients are people, and they go home like everybody does, and three or four days after the procedure they do things like push on the area to see what it feels like, and that kills the fat. Fat is such a delicate structure as it's getting its blood supply, and, Patty, it takes, um, it takes about three days for the blood vessels to grow into the fat and then about three weeks until the fat is really yours. So that means in those first three weeks, if you do something like push on the fat or uh, or sleep on your face or, or something like that, the fat can be destroyed. And that's why, you know, I say that. Not to be funny, if all my patients were rats, you know, my sister's a veterinarian, her patients are rats, but uh, <laughs> but, uh, but seriously, uh, with, uh, with the um, with just normal nature of patients, it's hard to keep your hands off the area that's been operated on. So the answer, how's that for a long-winded uh, explanation, Patty? Yes, you could have fat grafting, even if you've had filler, uh, and I still do fat grafting. It's appropriate in many people. Uh, but I have a frank discussion with people. And uh, if it were me, I would have filler as opposed to fat grafting. All right?
3: Thank you very much, Dr. Perry.
2: Okay. Uh, you're, you're very welcome. Thanks for calling. Uh, this is Dr. Arthur Perry. This is What's Your Wrinkle? right here on WABC. Now, we're an hour now, an hour. So stay tuned. Don't tune out. 800-848-9222. We'll be right back. Take a look in the mirror. Do you recognize that wrinkled face with rough, splotchy skin? I can help you turn back the clock. I'm plastic surgeon, Dr. Arthur Perry, and my solution doesn't involve a knife or a needle. It's a skincare program that really works. My nighttime serum makes your skin smoother, brighter, thicker, and less wrinkled. It's packed with vitamin C and A, fruit acids, antioxidants, and skin brighteners. My daytime cream protects your skin with niacin and invisible zinc oxide sunscreen. And once you use my clean time, you'll be addicted to the best soap on earth. Now everyone can have beautiful skin without breaking the budget. This month, my basic skincare regimen is just $99. Call 855-940-1200. That's 855-940-1200. On the web, it's drperys.com. That's drperrys.com. Use the WABC code when you order or call 855-940-1200.
0: expensive covered car repairs. Monthly payments are very affordable. Get your free quote now. Call Toco at 800-261-7500. That's 800-261-7500. 800-261-7500. Cancellation fee may apply. Subject to eligibility. Not available in Missouri and Washington. Waiting period and deductible apply. Coverage provided and administered by Tech Corporation or its affiliates. Not affiliated with any manufacturer or dealership. Visit tocowarranty.com for complete terms and conditions.
3: This message is for all of you sitting in the passenger seat. And apologies if it gets a little uncomfortable. But how does it feel to be at the mercy of someone who thinks a random text is more important than your life someone who takes their eyes off the road while speeding along in a three-ton hunk of steel freaky right well why not just ask them to stop or better yet volunteer to text for them it might be a little awkward but believe me you'll live Learn more at
0: stoptextstoprex.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration.
3: This is Rita Cosby. Get Adam Dunn's newest novel in his acclaimed apocalypse noir trilogy, Saint Underground, where following the money to the top politicians leads underground. Dunn's writing is brilliant, says New York Times bestseller Jeffrey Deaver and The Washington Post. Can a thriller be dystopian and fun? Saint Underground manages to be both a literary hat trick, says bestselling author Joseph K. Read Saint Underground on sale at Amazon.com or visit DunnBooks.com.
0: I'm Nick Soboleski, a select quote agent with a true story that could save you hundreds of dollars a year. A woman named Linda just called. Her husband Ray has a three hundred thousand dollar group life insurance policy, but is changing jobs and can't take it with him. Well, I impartially shopped the highly rated term life insurance companies we represent and found Ray, who is forty-one and takes medication to control his cholesterol a 10-year, $500,000 policy for under $26 a month. That's almost twice the coverage for less than half of what he had paid. If SelectQuote hasn't shopped for your life insurance, you're probably paying too much. For your free quote, call 1-800-268-3225. That's 1-800-268-3225. 1-800-268-3225. Or go to SelectQuote.com. We shop you save get full details on the example policy at select slash commercials your price can vary depending on your health issuing company and other factors not available
2: in all states you're listening to what's What's
3: your wrinkle Wrinkle with dr Dr.
1: arthur perry What's what's your wrinkle
2: and we are back this is dr arthur perry this is what's your wrinkle right here on WABC eight hundred eight four eight nine two 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 eight hundred eight four eight nine two two two. I actually just got an email. You can't believe. A lot of people don't want to talk on the radio, especially people who ask this question. They were serious. We want equal time for the other candidates in discussing their need for cosmetic surgery. It's true. All right, we're talking about Rubio. We can talk about, i can going to have a whole show. In fact, I would invite the candidates on the show, and we can talk about what's important to me, not their political stance, but what they do with their appearance, right? No, I'm just kidding. I'm a plastic surgeon, and, yes, that's what I do. But it is interesting that people... Um, um, I guess not everybody likes uh, me to talk about uh, the ears of one candidate or the eyelids of Donald Trump or the the alleged filler of Hillary or or uh, Sanders. I don't think uh, he's done anything. Uh, um, I suppose he brushes his teeth. But all right, we'll go on. So. Uh, People have also asked me about, uh, what my skincare regimen really can do, and I've had a bunch of emails. Now, I just finished a six-month study that, uh, was done by the Princeton Consumer uh, Research uh, Company. It's an independent company in Princeton, New Jersey. And they looked at, uh, about 30, uh, uh of different people who of all different skin colors and textures who use my skincare regimen, they use the daytime in the morning, the nighttime at night, clean time soap twice a day, in the morning and night, and uh, and the moisturizer which is called Soft Time, and I was really quite thrilled with the results that uh, that they uh, they received, reduced the visual the signs of visual aging by fifty one percent fifty one percent. And what are the visual signs? Well, we all know what they are, and there are, uh, are scientific uh, ways to analyze the skin for wrinkles and brown spots and uh, and uh, rough skin. So when we see a 51% improvement, that's, as one of the candidates would say, huge, huge. All right, so we won't talk uh, too much about that, but maybe we'll come back to, to some of the other claims that we did uh, find in the, uh, in the study. So we were talking about breasts, one of my favorite topics, and one of yours also, and we talked about fat grafting, and we started talking about breast implants and breast augmentations, and we ended with a discussion about these new gummy bear implants. But I do have a lot of women who come to my office, and they're not sure, do they need a lift or do they need an augmentation? And really the answer is it's quite simple, and a lot of plastic surgeons want to put breast implants in everybody. Uh, Not the best thing. I think if you really want to be larger, I mean, it sounds obvious, right? But if you want to be larger, then we're talking about an augmentation. But if it's just drooping and the shape of your breasts, then we might be able to accomplish what you want with a lift not putting an implant in now lifts give the illusion of larger breasts because as you age the breasts tend to descend and they go down from uh, you know the uh, the standard position of the nipple is right at the crease eventually uh, headed south and uh, some people's nipples wind up halfway between their belly button and the crease and those people really need a lift And if we uh, then place all the breast tissue back in a more compact uh, position, uh, your breasts can have the illusion of looking larger without having to have an implant in. Uh, And that goes for the appearance of your breasts either naked or in clothing. And so a breast lift is a very nice procedure uh, that we can do. It's an outpatient procedure, by the way. All these breast procedures now are outpatient procedures. Uh, it's been many years since I've admitted a patient to the hospital. You know, 25 years ago, breast reductions were done uh, uh, on an inpatient basis. We admitted you, kept you overnight, and sent you home the next day. But with the uh, advances in anesthesia techniques and the realization that it's simply not necessary to stay overnight in the hospital, we're doing all these procedures now, not just me, but almost every plastic surgeon in the country, uh, we 're doing these procedures as outpatient procedures, so you come in and uh, we uh, do we put some marks on your breast and that that 's actually the most important part of the procedure by the way marking your breast it 's an exercise in mathematics how to make a large breast smaller or a small breast larger and uh, so the marks that's uh really what takes uh, the most time and the most uh thinking. And then I always say that these the breast procedures for a trained skilled plastic surgeon are fairly simple and straightforward of course. You know, we uh the asterisk to that statement is that it took us 6 years to become a plastic surgeon to learn how to do these procedures uh uh fairly uh in a straightforward way so that I can say that, yes, it's a, a pretty simple procedure. Iris, what can I do for you? What's your wrinkle?
3: Good evening, doctor. Uh, I just turned 70, and I don't act it, and I don't look it. But I have a triple D <laughs> breast that I've had my whole life. But now it's bothering me. So would it be safe to do plastic surgery, go under the knife, or have some other procedure?
2: Well, uh, I guess the question for you, Iris, is: Are you healthy? Do you have any uh, illnesses like diabetes or yes, high blood pressure or something like that? Just diabetes. Do you have diabetes? Yes. Okay, and all right. Here's the magic question for you: What's your hemoglobin A1C? Do you know what that is?
3: I guess, but it's perfect. I, I don't. It's six or something like that.
2: Okay, so that's that's the real determinant um, because there's diabetes and then there's diabetes. So if your diabetes is well controlled. Uh, and you're on maybe one drug, uh, for instance, and your hemoglobin A1C, which is a measure of sugar over the long term, not just what it is for the minute, uh, if it's six, if it actually is six, then that's okay. And more than likely, you're still a candidate for the procedure. Now, uh, Iris, you're 70 years old with diabetes. There's no question that your complication rate will be a little bit higher than a 30-year-old without diabetes. And so the plastic surgeon will sit you down, and you'll have a long discussion about the risks and the benefits. But uh, quite honestly, some of the happiest patients that I've ever had have been breast reduc- reduction patients. Because, and, and almost everybody that has the procedure after, let's say, age 35, they say the same thing. They say, why did I wait so long Why didn't I do this when I was younger? Because not only do you feel better, you look better, your clothing fits better, back and neck strain is usually relieved, but not always because that's a complex topic. As you get older, uh, if you've got double-D breasts, I would imagine that you've had yeast rashes around your breasts. Have you?
3: Not really. Not really.
2: Well, you're lucky. You're lucky. And by the way, for those of you who have excessively large breasts like Iris does, the way to avoid those rashes which are going to be, you know, I'm surprised at age 70 with a double D breast. You haven't. You've taken good care of yourself. But the way to do it is every single day you put cornstarch around your breast, not the talc. Remember that. Don't forget the Johnson & Johnson lesson, not talc. Cornstarch, which is harmless. You put that that around your breast so that good. Well, that's why you've avoided those. And at the very first sign of itching, then uh, you get something called Nystatin. And by the way, I have to make this disclaimer, as we do in many of these shows. I, I'm i not treating any of your illnesses out there. I'm giving general advice. So, uh, you know, I'm not your doctor through the radio, right? But, uh, but certainly if you have the symptoms, the itching around your breasts, then uh, you go to your doctor and you get a prescription for Nystatin powder. Uh, and those of you who have very large breasts, it's a good idea to get that prescription and have it around because the, the yeast rashes start up very rapidly, and they're itchy and red, and they can even get infected. Yeast is an infection, but they can get infected uh, with bacteria also. So so that's one thing uh, that gets relieved with a breast reduction. So here's how we do the breast reduction, by the way. It takes about four hours, sometimes less, sometimes more. depends on the size of your breasts. We do it as an outpatient. I use no stitches on the outside except for three, three on each breast. Uh, lots and lots of stitches on the inside. They're all dissolving stitches. And Dermabond, that's the glue. It's a great glue on the outside. And that has reduced pain after a breast reduction to the point where most of my patients do not require narcotics. They just require plain old Tylenol. Because the the painful part of the procedure afterwards was the stitches, Uh, You know, moving uh, on the skin, and every time you move, the stitches moved, and it hurt a bit. So the Dermabond has made an enormous difference, and also the scars are just much, much better. I put three stitches in, one on the top of the areola, one on the bottom, and one at the junction of the incisions. The one thing that women need to really understand with a breast reduction, there's really no such thing as a minimal incision breast reduction. There really isn't. Some people have tried to do liposuction. By the way, I don't think that's a good idea because every bit of breast tissue that gets removed should be looked at under the microscope. Breast tissue is different from every other tissue in the body. We're going to have to take a break. We're going to be back in just a minute. This is Dr. Arthur Perry. Stay tuned. This is plastic surgeon Dr. Arthur Perry. Ladies, have you had an aging spurt? You know what that is. All of a sudden, you see wrinkles and sagging eyelids and those dreaded jowls. Almost overnight, you look older. I tackle aging spurts with eyelid and facelifts, and office procedures like Botox, peels, and Ultherapy. And I creatively use wrinkle filler to help bring back your natural beauty. Let's sit down and spend an hour together. I'll design a program that can help restore your appearance and one that's within your budget. My offices are on 57th Street, just off of 5th Avenue, and in New Jersey. Schedule a consultation by calling 212-753-1820. That's 212-753-1820. And check me out on the web at periplasticsurgery.com. That's periplasticsurgery.com. And don't forget to listen to me every Saturday evening at 6 p.m., Dr. Arthur Perry, right here on WABC.
0: Other restrictions apply. All personal loans are made by WebBank, a Utah-chartered industrial bank.
2: Member FDIC, equal opportunity lender.
1: Hey, guys, it's Andy Dean here. And as a radio host turned entrepreneur, I've seen firsthand how cash really is king. So instead of getting high interest rate credit cards, I turn to Prosper.com. Prosper's online marketplace connects people who need money with those who want to invest. Invest in you. You can use Prosper to borrow up to $35,000 in as few as five days. With Prosper.com, you can borrow money for just about anything you want. You can pay off high interest rate credit cards, fix up the house, even plan a vacation. Anything you want, it's your money. Prosper.com is the better way to get the cash you need at a low interest rate. To check your low rate instantly without affecting your good credit, go to prosper.com slash easy. So for up to $35,000 in your account in as few as five days, go to prosper.com slash easy. That's prosper.com slash easy.
2: Take a look in the mirror. Recognize that wrinkled face with rough, splotchy skin? I can help you turn back the clock. I'm plastic surgeon Dr. Arthur Perry, and my solution doesn't involve a knife or a needle. It's a skincare program that really works. My nighttime serum makes your skin smoother, brighter, thicker, and less wrinkled. It's packed with vitamin C and A, fruit acids, antioxidants, and skin brighteners. My daytime cream protects your skin with niacin and invisible zinc oxide sunscreen. And once you use my Clean Time, you'll be addicted to the best soap on earth. Now everyone can have beautiful skin without breaking the budget. This month, my basic skincare regimen is just $99. Call 855-940-1200. That's 855-940-1200. On the web, it's drperrys.com. That's drperrys.com. Use the WABC code when you order or call 855-940-1200.
3: to What's Your Wrinkle with Dr. Arthur Perry. What's your wrinkle?
2: This is What's Your Wrinkle right here on WABC. WABC 800-848-9222. And before we get to the end of the show, I have to mention I talked about daytime, my daytime morning skin protector at the beginning of the show, but we do have a special going on just this weekend. It's three bottles for a hundred bucks. It's normally forty-five dollars a bottle, so it comes out to uh, about thirty-three. So it's a reasonable savings, and you could stock up for the next three months. One bottle is about a one-month supply. You have to use the code three bottles. Makes sense, and that's three as the the number three bottles. And uh, and you can try out the uh, the, the uh, daytime and take a look around the website. It's drperrys.com. All right, now Iris is hanging on the line. And Iris, you had a question about using cool sculpting uh, to reduce breast size, correct, Iris?
3: Yes, sir. Yes, sir.
2: Okay, well, uh, thanks for uh, asking. I, and it was an intriguing question. That's why we kept you on over the break. So, Iris, in, in, a sh- in short, the answer is no, no for a bunch of reasons. First of all, it's not FDA-approved for that, and we have to be very careful what we do in the breasts. We have to make darn sure, uh, because the breast is bioactive material. It's not like uh, the buttock fat, right? We have uh, um, breast tissue that... Can turn into breast cancer. We have to be very careful that we don't do things that are not very carefully studied. So, cool sculpting has not been studied in the breast. I wouldn't go near it. Also, uh, you might have heard me talk about cool sculpting on the show. There have been um, two or three studies in the last few months that have shown, you know, it works, but it's not too impressive, in my opinion, how well it works. Again, I'm not making too many friends tonight, right? But uh you know when it removes two or three millimeters of uh, of fat, you know that's not too impressive for the thousands of dollars you wind up paying for the procedure so and Unfortunately, a lot of these non invasive techniques to reduce fat are like that, so you know it may work in the future i'm not saying i mean certainly it does because it reduces fat, uh, but I'm not the biggest fan of any of these techniques these non-invasive techniques because i just don't think it's enough bang for your buck but certainly it's an open and shut case in my opinion for not having these procedures on your breasts because we do not want to uh do anything that could stimulate a breast cancer or make it more difficult to examine your breasts in any way all right iris
3: so far so good with my health and everything else and thank you so very much for taking the time. You really enlightened okay, me about thank- all this stuff, uh, interesting uh, things. Thank you. God bless you. Bye.
2: Uh, thank you very much, Iris. I appreciate your comments. This is Dr. Arthur Perry. I'm a board-certified plastic surgeon, With the guy with the radio show. I've been doing this for, we're coming up to 10 and a half years with a radio show. I love doing radio. Almost as much as I love operating. Uh, You know, every plastic surgeon, the best time of the week is the time spent in the operating room. It really is. It is. uh, You you would think that, well, that's, uh, you know, high stress. It's actually the lowest stress time. Every plastic surgeon that I talk to and most surgeons also. It really is the uh, the best time of our week. We love operating, and I always say that uh, you want your plastic surgeon to love being in the operating room, just like you want your pilot to love being in the cockpit. You, <laughs> you, don't, want, uh, you don't want people who don't like... Those jobs. I want to mention that one of my patients uh, a couple days ago came in. Uh, she's going to have a, a surgical procedure to remove a mole, and she's going to have uh, some um, filler put in. And she told me something that, it, I'll say the word, it blew my mind. I couldn't believe she told me that. She said she went to her esthetician uh, for a facial, and the esthetician said, oh, you don't need to see a plastic surgeon to remove that mole. I can do it for you. I am not kidding you. It's it's just mind-boggling, and this is in yeah, in New Jersey, I believe it was not New York, uh, but yes, in the United States, uh, by a U.S. citizen. It's amazing to me. That's called a felony, by the way. It's a felony. It's called practicing medicine without a license, and it's just unbelievable that there are people that stupid, I'm sorry, that stupid that they're willing to operate on other people as estheticians or where It's just amazing to me. Uh, I'm still flabbergasted. It's a few days later, and I said to her, uh, the page." she knew enough not to do that. You know, she does her her facials, uh, but she knew enough not to uh, go to her to have a mold taken off. Can you imagine that? First of all, it's crazy. Second of all, it's crazy. Third, what are you going to do with the specimen that should go to the, uh, uh, under the microscope to make sure it's not a uh, melanoma, heaven forbid? Anyway, uh, those of you who are listening to this show, I'm sure you would never consider uh, doing something like that. But there's a lot of nutty stuff out there, and we cover these things uh, on this show every week. We talk about the the non-licensed people doing liposuction and fat grafting and buttock augmentations. There's deaths every almost every month somewhere in the United States. From one of those crazy procedures so protect yourself those of you who are more interested in this topic i wrote a book on it called straight talk about cosmetic surgery Uh, you can still get that on amazon.com we're going to have another book uh very soon um i've been telling my wife i'm about two months away from uh, finishing this book that's been about two years now uh but we will finish it and uh it's uh it's the sequel to straight talk about cosmetic surgery all right, so we were talking uh, about breasts before and about breast augmentations and about breast lifts and about breast reductions. Well, breast reductions are quite simple, and we've talked uh, quite a bit about that. But what is exactly a breast lift? What do we do? It's really a breast reduction without removing breast tissue. It's this sounds funny, doesn't it? But it's removing the skin the skin of the breast, the excess skin, you know, as it grows as you during pregnancy or if you've gained and lost weight, you know that you have a mismatch between the breast tissue and the breast skin. So a breast lift simply removes the breast skin without removing the breast tissue. And uh, it's a very nice procedure. Uh, it's another one of those procedures that just doesn't hurt afterwards. And you know, I say that and of course every now and then someone will say it hurts after surgery and I'm not telling you they All are like that. But the average patient, the average patient, and with a breast lift, probably about two-thirds do not need narcotics. That means they don't need Percocet or Vicodin or anything like that. They just take Tylenol afterwards. And with a breast lift, they're back to work. You're back to work in, oh, three days, four days. With a breast reduction, it's usually a little bit longer procedure, so you're out of work for maybe five to seven days. Uh, Same for a breast augmentation Uh, The pain of a breast augmentation, by the way, is greater than the pain of a lift or a reduction if we go underneath the muscle, and that's how most of the procedures are these days. So, you know, you do need narcotics for a breast augmentation. Uh, Sounds terrible, right, narcotics? But we're just talking about Percocet or Tylenol with codeine, and these are very uh, reasonable procedures. Uh, People aren't writhing in pain after them. Uh, But to take the edge off of the discomfort, uh, those... um, Minor narcotics, you know. You think of narcotics like heroin. No, no you're not taking heroin after a, a breast augmentation or a breast lift. All right. So the, that is uh, the gamut of breast cosmetic surgery: the lifts, the augmentations, and then uh, the uh, breast reductions. And uh, and I had a, uh, another email just a little while ago. What's the average amount of breast tissue? that I take off in a breast reduction yeah, it's extremely variable. So Iris said she had a double D cup. Uh, we might take off a pound of breast tissue from each side. That's 500 or so grams. Uh, um, that might be a typical amount. Uh, sometimes we take less. Uh, I think the, the most I ever took off was a, f- a total, believe it or not, of 10 pounds of breast tissue. This was about 20 years ago. And the funny thing is, that was in the era when we were admitting patients overnight, and uh, you know the only uh, the only bed that was in the hospital was on the maternity ward, and uh, it was just sort of a little bizarre that uh, this woman wound up in the maternity ward after her uh, her breast reduction. I guess you expected to see the breast tissue in a bassinet. Ah, oh, what can I say? It's a, that's what the joke was around the hospital. But uh, no, no, now we're doing uh, these outpatient procedures, so. Uh, uh, we don't have to worry about that. Well, I'm Dr. Arthur Perry. Uh, I'm a board-certified plastic surgeon. been doing this for a long time. I trained at the University of Chicago in uh, in plastic surgery with a guy named Tom Krizick, who just passed away, by the way. He was one of the great fathers of plastic surgery and a, a, and a wonderful role model for me. Uh, and before that, I was at Harvard for general surgery and at uh, Cornell right in town in uh, Manhattan for a burn fellowship and uh, talk about a tough existence. The burn doctors really have one of the toughest jobs in the world, uh, but they do what I consider God's work because when we have a patient who's been burned, my goodness, uh, that is one of the, uh, the the worst injuries you can have. Uh, but the burn doctors, particularly the guys at Cornell, can save amazing, uh, make amazing saves with people who are so, so uh, badly injured. So it was a great education. I don't take care of burns anymore. You know, I do this. I take care of you who want facelifts and eyelid lifts and rhinoplasties and otoplasties. That's the uh, the Marco Rubio procedure that he would have. Uh, stop harping on Marco, they say, the studio, studio audience. He's a good guy. He just uh, could benefit from the ears. Uh, so uh, uh, that's what I do. And, of course, breast surgery, the uh, lifts, the augmentations, and the uh, the reductions. Next week we're going to be uh, back here talking about these topics and more. We're going to be talking about tummy tucks next week. Very important topic if you had a pregnancy because, boy, I'll tell you, pregnancy really does uh, stretch out the belly and make uh, a lot of women very upset. So, we're going to talk about tummy tucks. We're going to talk about liposuction and other body contouring procedures, along with your questions. And, of course, Mike, the board lights up now at the end of the show. It always does. I'm sorry I can't take your calls. But do email me, Dr. Perry at drperrys.com. That's D R P E R R Y at D-R-P-E-R-R-Y-S.com. Thanks so much for great engineering, Mike. Jennifer, I'm Dr. Arthur Perry. We will see you all next week.